hello. This is Vibin' at 4am with Andrea and Josh, and we are now on episode 19. Um, it's kind of a bit tragic, because I think two episodes ago, or even last episode, we were saying how, let's hope that there are no more unplanned hiatuses, but then we took last week off because I had an assignment to do. <laughs> and, As always. Yes, and knowing me, it's always... The due date is the due date. Not literally, but pretty much there. So I just needed to take the week off to do the to do the assignment. But now we're back. So it has welcome been back. zero weeks since an unplanned hiatus. <laughs> is this going to be our our reputation? Is this what people will think of us? Maybe. The most <laughs> the most inconsistent podcast yes. of all time. But then we're setting, you know, these expectations that you know people will just always be surprised when whenever we upload a new video and they'll be excited that the new video uh, a new episode is out on spotify you know that's true it's like youtubers with unexpected or inconsistent upload schedules <laughs> that you're the hype is building towards the next episode because you don't know when it's coming out uh, you're onto something. It's like, yeah, because when you see the, I feel like you forget that you subscribe to them, and then it's yeah. like you see it pop up in the, the inbox or the subscription, yeah. and then it's like, oh, a new video has just dropped. I know, and then you go see their videos and see, oh, last video was uploaded five months ago. Yo, I did not realize. True, but their one, I feel like they take time because there's a lot of like thought and like resources put into their content whereas <laughs> ours is like oh you know things came up no what do you Life mean happened. what do you mean no don't you can't spill the secrets we definitely put a lot of resources right. and time and effort into every single podcast episode we'll keep the veil up <laughs> yes but how have you been josh how are you i feel I'm this is how we good. always start off I, I mean, that's a good way to start. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not that it's like we don't talk outside of this, but this is the the best way I've found to talk to you at a on like a regular-ish schedule. Yes, I agree. Because life is busy. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I've been pretty good. I Honestly, I haven't really done much since the last time we talked. Like I, mm -hmm. I went to, I did an escape room with... AJ, Chris, and Ben, Ooh. and Hilda, uh, mm -hmm. which is Ben's friend, mm -hmm. and I feel like that's pretty much it, honestly. But how was the escape room? It was pretty good. Uh, we, like, ended up doing the the hardest one, which... Oh, what? I know, because... Basically, we, we wanted to do it because our uh, we had Discover Vouchers, Mm -hmm. that we're just going to go unused and because they expire at the end of this month uh, uh we wanted to use them up mm -hmm. and so i was mainly just in talks with aj about this because she wanted to do something mm -hmm. so we were just sort of throwing ideas out uh and then we were going to just be like oh we can't really think of anything let's just go watch a movie mm. um but then i think we ended up yeah just being like oh let's do an escape room mm -hmm. so we went, uh, she booked everything, and so she ended up booking the hardest one, 
was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, the puzzles were pretty challenging, but like not overly challenging. Like I say, it's the mm-hmm. hardest one, but it's definitely still doable. Mm, that's um, good. And I think Chris and Ben definitely broke one of the props. But oh no, <laughs> very so nice. The, the the law around the the um the like escape room was mm-hmm. that it was you're like tracking down the the remnants of this guy who was like a miner, mm-hmm. um like going into the lost mines and like recovering the treasure and like finding out his backstory. So one of the props that we were given at the beginning is a compass, mm. uh, and the compass has a fluid in it. Mm-hmm. And so we like we were kind of stuck in the first room because we just didn't understand the initial instruction. Ah, uh, I see. So we were just like trying to mess around with all the different uh, items. Yeah. And uh, I think we like we had a map and we put the compass up to the map against the wall, and mm-hmm. someone dropped it. I don't remember who, but someone definitely dropped it. And, <laughs> And it like it looked fine, but there was definitely a fluid that was leaking uh, as oh, we kept no. going through the puzzles. Oh no! So I have a suspicion that it may have broken somewhere. <laughs> yes, definitely. Don't think leaky fluid is part <laughs> of the prop. I don't think that's part of the experience that we. <laughs> But overall, it was good. We we didn't actually end up finishing in the allocated time. We like mm-hmm. finished, I think, five minutes after, because uh, we were yeah. we were in the last room, and then the yeah. timer went off, uh, and then the guy who was like running it was just like, ah, oh, you guys can just keep going. You're you're really close to the end. Mm-hmm. So oh, that was nice of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good good time. Oh, which place did you go to? Oh, what's it called? It's in the city. It's like around Town Hall Museum. Uh, I feel like I have it in Google Maps. Let me check. <laughs> Pulling up your history. I'm trying to. Mission Escape in Pitt Street. Oh, yes. I th- have I been there? I don't know. Because I also went to, I think this was maybe last year, though. I also used one of my discover vouchers on an escape room and also we were very close to the end and they just said ah it's okay you guys can keep going yeah maybe if it's the same place it's a recurring Mm -hmm. thing does that not happen at other places i don't know actually because i feel like you have done a lot more escape rooms than i I've only done this one, and then the one before, which I had done with you all those the years Mexican ago. The Mexican cartel one. <laughs> that, that's the one. Yeah. No, I only did one. I've only done one more than you. So oh, okay. I reckon we're pretty even. The The first, like, the the one that I did was with, I think, back when I first joined Psychsock, and they did it as a bonding thing. And we, mm-hmm. we did that one within the time allocated. Then the Mexican the Mexican cartel, cartel one that you and me and AJ and everyone else did, we finished within the time. So I don't really know if it's common for them to let you keep going. It might also be dependent on if there's anyone in waiting for the room after you, though. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if there's no one waiting, then, I mean, they might as well just let you go. And it's yeah. likely to have a better experience. 
That's true. I guess it does also depend on how far you get. Yeah. Because I don't think if you're <laughs> if you still got twenty minutes of of the room to finish, then they're gonna let you go. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs> that's just on you. That's your problem. <laughs> if, if you're you twenty that. minutes behind, that that that's just a skill diff. <laughs> you just just be better. <laughs> just get good at this point. Although, admittedly, I actually think I'm not good at escape rooms. Really? Yeah. I feel like I my my spontaneous puzzle-solving skills are kind of lacking. Oh, interesting. Have you played those, I don't know, like puzzle games and stuff? Yes, occasionally. Uh, I've played the ones that are, like, on... You can, like, get them on the phone mm-hmm. and... It's just like a point-and-click adventure, but trying to figure out these puzzles. Ah. Uh. <laughs> and I'll yeah. usually like get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of stuck. Let me revisit this tomorrow, mm-hmm. and then I don't revisit it again. Ah, uh, I see. <laughs> Instead of breaking through the wall, you just hit it and just say, "All right, I guess that's the end of the road." <laughs> this was my game. I got there. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, because I don't know. I was thinking things like Professor Layton or those types of puzzle games. Oh. I don't know if those actually contribute to how well we can do um, escape rooms, but I don't know. Maybe those were escape rooms for before escape rooms were made. Mm, I feel like puzzles themselves, because like Professor Layton is just a, it's a collection of different puzzles. Mm-hmm. Whereas an escape room, it's it's more of like uh like all these puzzles sort of fit holistically. Like mm-hmm. yes, there are individual puzzles, but like they all sort of fit together in this one big picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing with escape rooms is, at least for my most recent experience, all of the puzzles were uh, like mechanical puzzles. So mm-hmm. there were no padlocks or like combination locks or anything. It was oh, all really? just like yeah, it was. It was all, like, you had to have uh, everything in, like, a particular position or a particular orientation. Oh, like, levers had to be in a particular orientation or, like, things that you could rotate on the wall mm-hmm. had to be in a particular way. Oh, so, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So those ones were pretty hard because it wasn't like you could just look for a combination of letters or numbers. It was yeah. like you had to figure out the, the actual... <laughs> directions of things yeah which, the specific configuration yeah mm. so i think it's harder but i also think i'm just not good at them <laughs> or maybe you just need to spend more money to get good pay to win okay honestly i'm kind of down because it's like actually a really fun experience it is really good i think it's I don't know, because I like doing it with lots of people, but also I feel for if you want to test your own, then it's better to work in smaller groups. Mm. Just because sometimes I have heard from other people that when the group is too big, there's kind of the the effect of, oh, there are some people who just feel as though they aren't contributing at first while other people have already started and then they just don't do anything. Yeah, I I agree. Unless the 
the room is like specifically designed to handle bigger groups. Mm-hmm. I think the sweet spot is like four people. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Max four people, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, I just feel useless. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, we were, it was so funny. We were like, we got into the first room, right? And uh, mm-hmm. we, we had um, like a bag. I guess this is spoilers for anyone who wants to do this escape room. <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, so they give you a bag of like the, I guess, the remnants of this miner that you're trying to find. Um, yeah. So like his his old belongings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the first thing that you see when you enter the room is a whiteboard and uh, a big board with like indents in the wall and a mm-hmm. bunch of like blocks that will fit into the indents. So okay. on the whiteboard, it says, uh, first thing you do all, always is check in um, or like clock into work, right? Mm-hmm. And so the blocks on the uh, always had like a worker ID. And the first puzzle was to figure out um, the worker ID and like what job they corresponded to and like what name they corresponded to on the board. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, how do we figure this out? This is insane. Um, how do, cause like, we didn't really have anything to tie like worker ID to the workers and the workers to their job. So I spent the whole time looking through all of the items in the bag. One of the items <laughs> was like the worker's diary. So mm-hmm. I was reading through the diary to try and figure out if there was like a clue for any of the workers occupation or ID. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's, we didn't just look at the board cause on the board, there is an indent to just clock in. Uh, so we could have just put it in that and then we can check the worker is. Nice. So <laughs> I think if we didn't miss that, we could have solved the room in time. Uh, <laughs> yes, because uh, remember the Mexican cartel one? We just stumbled a lot in the beginning. I think it's because it's very overwhelming for the senses because there's too mm. many things to look at. So you eat up a lot of time in the beginning just trying to figure out, oh, okay, what are we supposed to look at? What are we looking for? What do we do first? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, and also... Just trying to orient. Yeah. And also some escape rooms, they have red herrings. Oh, my God. <laughs> that they're just there yeah. and you think that they're really important, but then when you finish it and you think back and you just, and you just say, oh, why did I spend so much time on this? It had nothing to do with anything. Dude, you know what the worst part about what you've just said is? What? The diary that I had read was a red herring. It was oh, not no. useful for anything. No. And I, I spent like the first 10 minutes just being like, what's the connection? <laughs> <laughs> Spending the in-depth amount of time. It, it was the most reading I had done in years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess all those all those years of doing, skimming through research articles would have hopefully helped in this situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I jumped straight to the, the discussion part of the diary. <laughs> There's no abstract? What is this? <laughs> Where's my abstract? He's That's just crazy. talking about his feelings. <laughs> 
I don't need this. Where's where's all the? I just want the results straight away. Give me the yeah. answers I'm looking for. Look, this is why I need to do more escape rooms to to build up my puzzle solving ability. Mm, I think yeah, we should do more escape rooms as as a. It would be fun if we had our group split into two smaller groups and then compete. But then oh. the thing, but then the thing is, you would have to find a place that has multiple of the same rooms. Yeah. Oh, I think it's hard. I think the only. Oh, I don't know if that's possible. Because I think that would be pretty fun. It would be pretty fun. But it, I feel like. I don't think there will be a place where there's an identical puzzle like simultaneously being run. Mm. Uh, we could look into it, honestly. It might be something to do on the bucket list. Yeah. But yeah. I think if we still wanted to do it, you'd have to like time trial it. Uh, because then the only thing is then a whole ass group is waiting an hour. Yeah. And then they just do nothing, which is the only thing. You know, it's not like bowling where, you know, when people go up one after each other, they, you know, have something to do. And yeah. it's very temporary. You know, this is them waiting a whole hour for each one of us to, to finish. That is very true. Mm, that's something to look into. But <laughs> to tangent off of that. Yes. Uh, bowling is a really boring sport. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> I think it's I think it's so boring. You think it's I, the most boring sport? I mean, who are the other contenders? Golf? Well, yeah, common one is golf. I think, I don't know, tennis doesn't really appeal to me. Cricket doesn't appeal to me. Very I don't... Australian of you. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't like rugby or AFL, but I wouldn't mm. say that they're boring. Yeah. I'm sort of in the same boat where I like those aren't sports that I follow or watch. Mm -hmm. But I can see the appeal. Yeah, I can see because it's, you know, um, it's them, you know, tackling into each other and then they do the kicks and then they pass. And, you know, it's a very, you know, it's not like American football where it's start and stop. <laughs> You know, the, yeah. the momentum keeps going. So I can understand why people are excited about it. Golf, I don't know, seems cricket is just too long of a game to follow, which is why it's boring. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, yeah. I know it's it's very un-Australian of us, but like, <laughs> cricket is kind of boring. Yeah, and... Golf is just, I don't know, maybe it's just the idea of it being a sport that's enjoyed by older uh, older people. I mean, going to the driving range is fun, but I don't know about a whole game of golf. Yeah, it seems hard. But, I mean, we've played them. Have you ever played, like, an actual game of golf? Not a whole game. I've only just ever been to the driving range. Mm. I mean, <laughs> we've experienced the miniature version. Oh, miniature golf? Okay. But I feel that's different, though. It's made fun because of all the the obstacles in it. And it's more whimsical. Yeah. It is for sure. Whimsical is actually the perfect word for it. But 
Um, I, I see what you mean, but I like drawing from the experience of mini golf and then mm-hmm. extrapolating that to a sport that is like, yes, that it's less like goofy, but mm-hmm. it's, and it's more like, oh, we're very sophisticated and elegant and we're rich people and we play golf. Yeah. Um, but like, I can still see the appeal of like, oh, there's, there's a level of mastery here that you need to hit mm-hmm. the ball in the correct direction it, like paying attention to the wind or whatever, understanding mm. the course. Like there's mm. enough variance where I can, I can see the appeal of playing golf over and over. Mm. But bowling is like wow, the it's just the same. <laughs> you've got an alley, you've got ten <laughs> pins, and you've got a ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what what more can you really do after that? I mean, it's like the same thing, right? You they they calculate sort of the spin or the curvature of the ball or whatever and the speed needed to in hit the pins in the right I don't know I'm just extrapolating from my experience with Nintendo Switch bowling <laughs> because like actual bowling. yeah because I mean I haven't been to actual bowling in a long time but in, in the game you know sure you can just line up the bowling ball right down the middle of the alley sure you can do that or you can, you know, be slightly off center and then curve the ball to hit the pins. And that it hits different, literally hits different. Because when I was playing against some other, because you can play online with other people, and there's this guy who would always um, add spin to the ball so that it would um, go, like he would start off slightly to the right or to the left and then add spin and then the ball curves towards the middle and he never ever bowls the ball right down the middle mm-hmm. i feel like there must be there must be some reason for this because sometimes when you bowl it right down the middle you get those pins that just are on either side of you know the triangle or you get one pin that stands up yeah I don't know I, the physics behind this, but I just thought that that was my two cents based on uh, a game that I have no idea follows the actual physics or not. Yeah, fair enough. The, the thing I the problem with bowling is that like, yes, there there can be like a strategy and a correct way to bowl, but I feel like the the ceiling is very low, where like it can be a, just a solved game. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think you get that in other sports because other sports there, except for golf, but golf, you can vary with like, uh, with like the courses and I guess with the weather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But like other sports, there is like a human element, like you're playing against another human and you have to react and understand what your opponent is trying to do in order to win. Mm-hmm. bowling is like wow let me throw the ball and hit all these 10 pins mm-hmm. so but, that's but, yeah but then that's the thing right it's like well then bowling is it's all on you instead mm-hmm. of being reliant on another person's performance as well it's yes. just it's just all of your skill yeah that is true but I think that is less interesting. <laughs> it's sort of in the same way I don't think darts is very interesting. 
mm-hmm. because darts can also be a solved game because it's like once you master the the act of doing the same thing then mm-hmm. it's just like oh you figured it out like there isn't and it's like not like you can you can formulate a uh, a more interesting or like a more sophisticated strategy in bowling or darts because the only mm-hmm. my voice is breaking a lot <laughs> i don't know why it's doing that but anyways but the the other thing i was thinking about is speed running because mm-hmm. speed running it's essentially the same thing it's like you're doing the same exact route the same strategies and you're trying to master it and do it as quickly as possible yeah but at least in speed running there is the element of like trying to route out your like your run Mm-hmm. And, like, thinking of new strategies or new, like, things that you can do or a new order in which you can do them, that keeps the activity interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's, like, a, a lot of novelty there. Whereas in darts and bowling, it's just, like, <laughs> like every time you play darts, you're going to have to hit a dartboard from a particular distance. Every time you play bowling, it's just a long, straight alleyway and a ball and ten pins. Mm. But I think, though, it's slightly different because the reason why, like, yes, speed running is about finding optimal ways to cut down time, right? But you would only know that if you actually watched them from the beginning and watched the whole journey of, okay, this is my first speed run. Okay, this is my second one. I realize I can cut time out of here, here, and here. And then... Because then that would be very different to just watching their final speed run. You would just, if you just watch the final one, then you would just assume that, okay, cool, that's the that's the final result. The same as with bowling and darts. There's no context as to learning how they have optimized their their final playing style or strategy. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think yeah. if we learned from the beginning of like, ah, so at the beginning, I bowled this way, and then I realized, oh, there's probably a better way to bowl. Okay, so now I changed it. Okay, but now that there's this thing that happened, so I'm going to accommodate for that. And then when I go to a different bowling place or a different bowling alley, then I have to do this. Then you would be like, ah, I see. Like, there are all these different factors that I hadn't thought of that actually does impact the way that people bowl. Or I guess the same thing for darts, I guess. I see what you mean. The only problem is that... Why why is my voice doing this? The only (laughs) problem is that um, I feel like regardless of what the innovation is, the act Mm -hmm. is more or less the same and it's like not very exciting. Mm -hmm. Whereas... I don't know, maybe this is, I'm just, like, biased to, ooh, new stimuli. But, <laughs> like, with speedrunning, it's like, oh, if you have a new route, then it could, like, drastically change the experience of playing or even watching the, the speedrun, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas bowling, it's like, well, I found a new and creative way to throw the ball down the same alley. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that visually and as an experience, it can become very mundane uh mm-hmm. even employing all the different strategies because mm-hmm. all the different strategies don't vary the like output of bowling as a game enough to keep me interested mm. 
I guess it's just then speed running would just be a different like it's not really a comparable experience then because then speed running has to incorporate you know watching multiple speed runs in order to get that oh now I see why you've done this differently because it drastically in like changes the experience mm, but do you think that watching one speed run is more exciting than watching one bowling game but then they're different i'm not saying that bowling is an interesting game i haven't watched any bowling competitions but i don't think that i mean bowling competitively might be different but bowling as a social activity is is very chill for me it's just i do my thing and i get to come back and i get to chill and i get to hang out with people and i go do my thing and i get to come back you know, not a lot of games that are, um, not a lot of s- social sports always allow for that. I mean, other common yeah. social sports are like basketball or volleyball, whatever. You're constantly in a gaming mode. Yeah, I agree. Like, as an activity, I think bowling is good. Mm-hmm. That's like it, a, yeah. Yeah, like it allows for a lot of other things to happen. Mm-hmm. But as a... Uh, a sport Mm -hmm. to watch as like a competition i don't i think it could be pretty boring uh i mean i have i don't know i have no big immediate thoughts i mean this could also be controversial but i don't really like watching tennis yeah let's get back to that so what's the deal with that like i don't like watching tennis but i like watching table tennis (laughs) okay yeah well table tennis is it's a lot faster for sure. Yeah, I think that incorporate like that. That is a part of it also because it's on a smaller scale. I feel you can see what potentially the players are actually doing better. Whereas oh, really? because tennis is so far away, I can't even mm-hmm. tell if they're doing anything other than just hitting the ball. Oh. Because table tennis has, like, because it's on a shorter scale, right? People try and do spins or they try and do tricks where the ball will, like, stop or temporarily in midair to, Mm. like, or they have all these tricks, right, to catch the other person out. Or, you know, they'll change sort of where they're standing. And it's just easier to see, I think, versus a tennis court, which is really big. Yeah, I see. And you just you see like a t- a tiny person just running and then grunting and then the ball <laughs> flies to the other side. Yes. Okay. I I understand what you mean because it's like the the effects of like a spin uh in table tennis are a lot more noticeable because yeah. it's like yeah, I guess cuz everything else is so small, it seems like such a large factor in where it goes. Mhm. Uh, whereas in tennis, at least for us, it's less noticeable. Yeah. It's just but, like, I can't appreciate it as much, I think. I see. But I think the appeal of tennis, at least for me, it's less about, like, the the smaller factors of, like, spin. And I feel like it's more of just where the placement of the shots. Because mm-hmm. you can observe that from, like, a, a bigger like a macro perspective of where is the ball going to go. And I think that because it's a larger scale sport than table tennis Mm -hmm. and like you can't just 
get from one side of the table to another in a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. Or I guess in one in one side of the court to the other in a matter of seconds or a matter mm-hmm. of a second. Um, it's it puts a lot more emphasis on where you're going to hit the ball, and so mm-hmm. that's what's interesting to me. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, eh. They're just hitting a ball for like multiple, multiple minutes. I'm yeah. okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you, that okay. to me is like a very repetitive game. That's just like, okay, we're just waiting for someone to stuff up. Mm, I see. Maybe I, mean, I don't I, appreciate tennis just as a sport. I appreciate people who play tennis. I just don't understand tennis. I see. I don't have enough stake to argue for, for tennis's case. <laughs> but do you have a sport that you do like watching? Oh. I'm trying to think of the sports that were in the Olympics because that's my only gauge. <laughs> what uh, was it? Like sprinting? Okay, there's like track and field. Mm-hmm. There's swimming. There's uh there was table tennis. There mm-hmm. was volleyball. Oh yeah. I uh, basketball. I think I like watching basketball. I just don't think that I watch it a lot because first and foremost, Australian doesn't have notoriously does not have good basketball teams or has a big basketball league nationally speaking. And also to watch American basketball, you gotta go find those websites and I'm just like, eh, I'm not that into it. I, I, yeah, it's fair. probably my favorite sport, but I'm not that willing to go and keep up with teams, etc. So basketball is, I think it's just because I like basketball, which is why I would find it interesting. But I guess I like um, gymnastics. Gymnastics is pretty cool. Okay. Or like the 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 fancy diving where they do like tricks off the diving board. Really. Okay, can you can you explain? Can you show your work? <laughs> show my working out. Yeah. Um, I guess one aspect is because it's like, uh, because okay, for gymnastics, it's a bit different because they have different types of gymnastics, right? Okay, mm. so for things like the vault, I'm kind of eh, it's okay. Things like, I think I like rhythmic gymnastics where they have the ribbons or I don't know if they have a ball or something because it's kind of like dancing but not quite and they're just Mm. extremely flexible and they can do flips and stuff which I think is pretty cool and the same thing applies for diving they got to do all these mad flips but then they also have to it's very satisfying when they enter the water very cleanly without a splash or like as you get a splash it's just like a satisfaction thing so is the appeal of sports more about the spectacle rather than, like, the competition? Well, I guess it's um, – part of it is also because then each person has an ability to uh, express themselves differently from other people, right? With things mm-hmm. such as table tennis or basketball, you're in the game. So it's, you know, it's not like you have a set way of – doing things you have to be flexible and adaptive you might have a general style but it's not uh, i am fully have control of this thing that is happening 
and it reflects that something that I am willing to express, if that makes sense. Because maybe it's because it's like the rhythmic gymnastics have been choreographed or the diving is, oh, I'm going to do these specific flips. Oh, I forgot. Figure skating. That's that's one. Yes, it has the same effect of I have choreographed this. I've chosen this. I've put time and effort to think of doing all of these things strategically as well as creatively speaking. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like an appeal for me. I mean, I do like watching stuff like volleyball and badminton, but those are just like, oh, if it's on, I'll watch it. But figure mm. skating, I've like made time out of my day to watch it. I see. It certainly feels like you gravitate to things that are like more performative. Yeah. I feel like because then it's, I don't know, because it's performative, there's already a something that you can understand or yeah, can appreciate enough. because if it's technique related for some sports it's like oh I might not have seen that and so hence I don't know what's going on but it's like ah performance I can understand that I don't really need to know the techniques or if they do something real flashy I'll be like ooh pretty that is a good point though like there is a very low barrier to entry to like yeah. watching the sport. Mm-hmm. Like I feel it's so easy to understand. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why maybe I don't enjoy watching rugby and stuff because I don't really understand or AFL, I guess, because I don't really understand the rules. The same with cricket. I'm just like you hit ball or you kick yeah. ball. Dude, I was just going to say, this is this is exactly the reason I don't like cricket. Because I just don't get it. <laughs> I was like, they hit the ball. They like they know how many runs it's going to be. Mm-hmm. What's a run? What do these numbers on the screen mean? <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking, this is a very different cricket to what we played in school. You know, yeah. <laughs> at school, it's just okay. You hit the wicket. Uh, if you hit the wicket, they're out. Cool beans. And then okay, and then... just don't get, let them hit the wicket and hit the ball. And then you just run somewhere and then run back. Yeah. Just and then every time you just flog it. Exactly, you and that's just it as hard as you can. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just thinking that's a very okay. When we played it, it was fun, but then I don't know why it's so complicated in real life it's just not yeah. as good point i feel like a lot of sports you you need to play it to like appreciate it at a higher level yeah i agree because this is how i feel about like um yeah i think rugby is a good example because i could never really get into rugby because mm-hmm. i had never really played it uh, mm. and so like watching like from from someone who has never played it watching rugby i i feel like i'm I'm just watching i'm like why why don't they just like keep passing the ball why do they just <laughs> keep running and getting tackled yeah <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> and from my very admittedly like naive perspective mm-hmm. it's just like how much strategy can really go into that game Mm -hmm. where it's like well you make the wall and if they get through the wall they score a try 
which was six <laughs> points. So yeah, because at least with like American football, I kind of get there can be strategy against it because it's so like start and stop, and so you can like make plays and uh like you can Adjust. have people run in in particular ways or in particular formations mm-hmm. that I can like understand it's a strategy. Mm-hmm. But rugby just looks like it's all these burly dudes just running <laughs> and I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. My also very naive perceptive uh, perspective is just why don't you just kick the ball? <laughs> yeah. Just, because because they do have op- like um I don't really understand the rules. So then it's um they just have moments where one person just kicks the ball through the goal. And I'm just thinking, why don't you just do that more often? <laughs> I'm sure you would cover a lot more ground that way. <laughs> I'm sure it, to them it just sounds like, yeah, why don't you just score more often? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I will preface. I'm very naive about it. I mean, sure it's part of Australian slash New Zealand culture, but I just I just don't get it. Yeah. I I also... Because, like, there are certain people that we know that are really... Like, they follow rugby, and they're really mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. But I I could never got into it. Yeah, no, it's, it's not for me. Oh, I wanted to know, how about, like, your thoughts on... Because soccer is another big sport to watch. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on soccer? Uh, okay, so I had this conversation with AJ and Chris, mm-hmm. uh, because Chris is a very big sports fan, and ah. beyond that, mm-hmm. he is a big soccer fan. Oh, really? Uh, and, yes. Dang, I did not know that. Okay. So, he had this whole spiel about how soccer is the greatest sport of all time, uh, and while I disagree with him, I understand <laughs> why he thinks that. Because his whole his point was basically like soccer as a sport is like it's like a cultural thing. It's mm-hmm. it transcends just being a game. It's like a part of particular cultures. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like it's so important to so many people that it just has to be the best sport. Um and so I like can see the appeal of it, but I think for me it's just too slow paced. <laughs> and I I don't know if I've watched a full, full soccer game. Yeah. I've like watched portions here and there whenever I see it on TV. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever watched one from beginning to end. <laughs> yes, I get it. I feel okay. So regarding Chris's point, I can very much understand whether I would classify as, I think I would classify then soccer, according to his definition, as a well-respected sports. But I don't think it would be the best sport. Yeah, I don't think it is either, but that's something you'll have to bring up with him and I don't want to have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither. He can just listen to it from this podcast, but I I, I don't think that there's... He can have his that. wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Delivered here, fresh on Vibin' at 4am. But yeah, I don't think there's a best sport because that's too subjective. But yeah. yes, I would, 
agree, then then that would make soccer a well-respected sport. But the thing about soccer for me is it's combining the elements that I mentioned about tennis and about rugby and also how it's kind of like slow because it's on a really big field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's the idea of you're watching a really big game and the people are really tiny. So it's just tiny people and you see the ball moving. And then also because it's the defense, like whoever doesn't have the ball is defending, right? So then it's mm-hmm. just a whole bunch of people that are just running, trying to either intercept the ball or like trying to block other people, which arguably you could say is the same thing for things like basketball. But because it's on such a big field, I just don't know what's going on. I just see ball. It's moving. People are moving. Okay. But then I feel like with basketball, it's like, oh, okay, I can see that they're making a pass here. And like the court's not as big, so you can still see sort of what's happening. Yeah. I do admire their, the amount of stamina they must have because they're like playing a full on game, running constantly, having to think on their feet, having massive coordination. I respect Yeah. That. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this will come off as like, was ignorant episode ever because it's just two, <laughs> two non-sports people talk about their favorite sports I know, and how all of I them know. suck <laughs> but yes like for sure if you have to be an athlete in any of these sports like credit to you because yeah I could not but <laughs> the thing with soccer I think is just like it's just so much of what I feel like is nothing happening mm-hmm. like every soccer game you barely ever see a score go above three yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. It's not as exciting. Like, sure, yeah. some people would argue, but the work has been built up to get those points. But it's just, I want to see more points, bro. <laughs> I'm not going to spend my time here because I feel there's, because it's so hard to get points, as soon as, you know, one one team has a one or two point lead, it's, I feel I don't know, also ignorant point of view, but I feel it would be hard to come back from that, given how long it can take to score a point and how difficult it can be. Yeah. So well, isn't just... that what happened at, like, the World Cup uh, all those years back? Yes, I do remember that. Still dropped the ball? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I don't remember which team, but I did, was it one of the teams had a comeback or something? probably i think i don't know <laughs> i think I, that was the case it's like brazil was supposed to they were projected to win it and then they got owned yeah not, yeah that i can only happened that that would be i guess a pretty hype moment but it's not very common yeah it's it's too few and far in between mm-hmm. whereas i like watching basketball <laughs> i feel um, it's a common sport that a lot of people enjoy to watch yeah maybe there's a bit of selection bias because i feel like a lot of the people that we know also play basketball Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's a i'm also kind of biased because my my dad loves it and so Uh, i by proxy have had a lot of exposure to it yeah yeah and i do enjoy it like i i enjoy playing basketball when i can i don't anymore because i just (laughs) i'm lazy (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, of the times that I have watched basketball games, it has always been 
pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I found a YouTube channel recently called mm-hmm. Thinking Basketball, and it has like opened my mind's eye into watching basketball. Oh. Because before I feel like I would watch it and I would be like, well, "Yep, he wow, he really made that shot. That's crazy." <laughs> but, <laughs> but now I can like understand the the actual like strategy behind and like playmaking behind the game. Mm. Um, so that has been really interesting. What has like been the most mind mind's eye opening moment that you've learned from this channel? Okay, so I feel like the one that really sticks out to me uh, was, do you know the team, the Golden State Warriors? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're they're pretty good. <laughs> <Just so tightly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but they, I've always like understood that team as like, oh, they are really good at like moving the ball around, and they have uh, two of the best shooters in the league. Like mm-hmm. uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are just insane at shooting three pointers, mm-hmm. and so. I thought it's like, oh, okay, well, that's their strengths. Mm-hmm. That and they, like, they have a pretty good bench. But, yeah, like, that's where their strengths are. And then the biggest eye-opening one was when he made a video about Draymond Green and how he's a great defender and how he is, like, the glue to their defense and, like, mm. their defensive efforts. And so it was just really interesting to see, like, how he positions himself and how he, like understands what the opposing team is trying to do in terms of their offense Mm -hmm. and how to like i guess put a wrench in their plans Mm. that's interesting because i feel often defense or people who are really good at defense do not get a lot of credibility yeah it's it's always because it's not flashy exactly because they're the ones who make the game you know, exci- not exciting, but they, they're the ones who progress the game, right, by getting yeah. the points. The only time that I feel defense might get any sort of recognition is in soccer, where I guess where the goalie prevents a shot. I think that's, mm-hmm. wow, so exciting. That's crazy. But I feel in yeah. basketball, it's just, bloop, it's been blocked. <laughs> you know, it's not as exciting, you know. Yeah, for sure. Just, I think oh, because that's just a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. I think because uh like everyone when they get into the sport they want to do the flashy thing. Mm-hmm. And doing like playing offense and playing the flashy way is it's not uh it's like not what the sport is or like not what the game is, but it's what people think the game should be. Mm. And so I think that's why a lot of people gravitate toward towards playing that way mm-hmm. this is actually a really common thing in um in smash because <laughs> like smash everyone loves not to bring it to my own niche passion but mm-hmm. <laughs> in smash everyone everyone loves the the people who play like really aggressively and like make uh like big reads and go for like crazy options and crazy combos mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. everyone hates the people who just like camp people and tie people out and just play really lame because mm, it's boring to watch and now yeah. sports have turned into a massive spectacle 
Yeah, that's a good point. It's a TV show as well as a sports game. Yeah. So I, I think that's why it was interesting to me that you you just like the performative side of it. Because I like the competition. I mm-hmm. like seeing two teams or two people really like going at it to win. And um, thinking of like strategies or ways to like outplay the other person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like those. It's just I feel a lot of people talk about them. And so it's just like, oh, well, I don't really, you know, other than just like I mentioned, basketball, volleyball, badminton, table tennis. Like, okay, that makes sense. But I feel, I mean, there are a lot of people who have spoken about um, figure skating, you know, why it's interesting to watch. But I feel also the same vein applies for diving or rhythmic gymnastics or is there any other sports like this? I don't know. Not off the top of my head. I think those are the main ones, right? Skateboarding, but yeah. I guess. Oh, skateboarding. I haven't yeah. seen skateboarding there. It's a, it's a little it's, different. It's like a bit, it's it's newer, I think. So I haven't yeah, seen yeah. much about it. Yes. Because it was only added in the most recent Olympics. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like it's in the same sort of vein where it's like you're, you're performing your set, like, I guess set yeah. tricks or like routine, mm. yeah. Uh, but I it is definitely like a bit more freeform. Yeah, because it is still competitive, right? I mean, you have to know more about the technique into in order to understand the competitive nature. Like for example, um, like a big thing in figure skating is oh, I don't know why, but I like watching males figure skating because I don't know. I just think that. Them, I think it also applies for like women who do extreme sports or stuff. Like whenever the opposite gender does a sport that is not typically uh, synonymous with their gender, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think is I don't know interesting to watch. But anywho, so in figure skating, I think there's been a lot of um, discussion about at the moment. One of the hardest tricks to do is a quadruple axle, which is something about like when they jump and they make four and a half turns before landing back on their feet. And I think they land backwards because of the half a jump. Mm-hmm. But I'm not too sure about the specifics. So that's been like, that's like the limit so far, right? And I think um, now people are trying to test the limits and they're trying to make it like five rotations. I think that's, is it five? I think it's five. I don't know. They're trying to push the limits, right? So then that's yeah. like the, co- the competitive aspect because it's like, oh, who will do it first? Because obviously you'll get more points if you can do it, right? And so there's this guy um, from Japan He's been like a crowd favorite for a long time. And I think he attempted it in the Olympics, the recent Olympics. And in training, he has like been very close to it. And so now people are like, oh, will he be able to do it? Unfortunately, he didn't make it, but you still get a lot of points, I think, for attempting it. Mm -hmm. 
or I don't know the the point system but then it's like oh now you have to see like the competitive aspect is like oh how many points do they get for every part else following their program compared to someone else who has like who may do the same tricks but you know maybe it's like not as clean or you know that type of thing but I think also as with most sports there's like politics behind it because it's subjective scoring yeah that's the really unfortunate parts because it's all based on like scores right whereas things such as um you know like basketball soccer rugby they're all objective points that we can see the only subjectivity comes from whenever a referee makes their call mm, that is yeah that is a good point meanwhile i'm just struggling to do one spin no, not even. I'm, I'm struggling to like just skate in general. Skating is hard, which is why I I admire that they make it look so easy. Because I think Dude, whenever I people make things look easy when they're actually hard, that's a sign of true skill. Whenever I see someone ice skating, I always think to myself, oh, it looks. I feel like I could do that. Yeah, but yeah. it's never the case. <laughs> I mean, you get on the ice and I just feel like I'm going to snap both of my ankles. <laughs> it's so bad. And for me, it's especially bad because I have no balance. Zero balance. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I think you know this, but I, I cannot ride a bike. Ride a bike, I've never learned yeah. how to ride a bike. So. <laughs> <laughs> but is it because you've never learned how to ride a bike or is it because of your... um? inability to have good balance <laughs> okay <laughs> which is why think, it led you to this i think as of this moment it's because i've never learned but mm-hmm. i had never learned originally because i had bad balance oh i see so it's kind of intertwined yeah i see yeah. i feel like i could learn how to ride a bike now though if no, I, I think you can because yeah because the thing of that is off-putting about riding a bike is falling off and crashing. Yeah. But the thing is, to ride a bike, you just have to commit. Because <laughs> as mm. soon as you commit, you waver, and that's when you fall over, right? You have to... It's like with ice skating. You have to commit with going forward. Because if you go I really... have commitment issues? <laughs> I'm not saying anything, bro. You can, <laughs> you can interpret that how you will. I'm just saying specifically. Actually, I don't know. I was going to... I don't know about uh, ice skating, actually. Because you can go really slowly if you want. I think, actually, the committing goes with, like, skateboarding. I feel like skateboarding, Mm. you have to commit. Because the skateboard itself is, like, already... If you go really slow, it wobbles a lot. Yeah. Because it's accounting for, oh, if I want to turn, I think you have to shift your weight or whatever, right? Yeah. if you don't commit, then you're going to feel the wobble and it's like very off-putting. So you just have to go. You just have to go with it. And sure, it can come down to balance. But, I mean, we'll, we'll look after you, Josh. Because I also learned riding a bike relatively late. I think I learned when I was 10 or 11. Okay. I Yeah, I just never learned in my younger years and so forever I just had training wheels and then 
I was like, okay, we can take off one of the training wheels <laughs> as <laughs> if that would help. But it just gave me some sense of confidence. And then eventually, I think um, I think my dad just removed the other one. And I would just sort of like, um, you know, those baby bikes that actually don't have pedals, but they're, oh. they look like bicycles. I would yeah, just yeah, do yeah. that. And I would just be like, and then I would just, because I only biked on our driveway <laughs> so okay. i would just bike one length of the driveway and then stop and then i would manually turn around and then just bike that way so that's uh-huh. sort of like i'm not biking down like a long ass road and not near anyone so it's like relatively safe relatively doable you know so that's how i taught myself and then eventually you just go for it but it's definitely sounds a lot easier than it is but i think you can do it josh i i have confidence in myself yeah i think the the main thing is uh i understand how it works now Mm -hmm. because uh there's a youtuber named tom scott ah yes i know who you're talking about so he he has a great main channel but he also has a secondary channel Mm-hmm. And there's one video on the secondary channel where he is in the similar position of he has never learned how to ride a bike. Oh, I see. And so that video is him learning how to ride a bike within the day. Oh, within a day. Yeah. Day. And so, uh, well, like he had a teacher and everything like mm-hmm. to help him. It was another YouTuber, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he like he learned how to ride a bike. And Whoa. watching him learn how to do it, it helps me understand how a bike works because it's like. <laughs> You really do have to just keep going forward and the bike will just stay upright. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, like, when you feel like you're about to fall in one direction, you turn into that direction. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And as a child, because I remember my dad trying to teach me that. And as Mm -hmm. a child, I was like, that doesn't make sense. I'll just fall (laughs) faster. (laughs) Yeah. So, but I get it now. So I think me as a 22-year-old man understanding bike riding <laughs> is gonna help me learn it yeah because then it removes a lot of the fear right because you actually yeah. know what's happening instead of teeny tiny brain being like i don't understand why i have to do anything it's just yeah. scary i'm down to just stack it these days <laughs> all right i think you know what else i'm down for i'm down for a wee break so yes. we're gonna take a brief intermission and we'll uh See you back here very soon. All right. So, hello, everyone. Um, Unknowingly to you guys, the audience, we did have a much longer break than anticipated. But we're back now. I know. It's like, it's been like an hour, but (laughs) to them, it's been 10 seconds. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. But yeah. Uh, are we having fun though? <laughs> <laughs> was that hour really fun? Uh, questionable. Mm. I guess for them it was, if for them an hour condensed into 10 seconds, maybe they're having fun listening to the podcast. Sure. Hope so. But yes, I, I guess springboarding back all the way to I guess the beginning because the first question was like you 
saying that you were like, oh, we went to Escape Crew. Oh, yes. <laughs> so true. And then we tangent about sports for the rest of that. I know, I know. So we can either go back to that or um, we can continue on sports and you can talk about esports, which I also don't really have much like I would also have a very ignorant opinion about, but I don't know if you would think differently or hmm. have any thoughts about it. About esports as like a spectator experience? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I guess you can ask the same questions that we did about sports. About do you think there's a sport that is particularly boring to watch or more exciting to watch, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Oh, oh, that's hard. Okay, well, my first question to you is: Have you ever watched like esports, like a game of any esport? No. I have okay. seen clips of it, but have not watched one myself. I see. I feel like hmm, every esport has its place, but again, it's like sort of suffers from the same, the same syndrome of like you have to experience it, you have to play the game to really appreciate mm-hmm. it as a, as a spectator. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there are certain games where as a spectator like as a spectating game it's a lot easier to understand than some other game like mm-hmm. for example uh counter-strike and most like counter-strike being the simplest example it's very easy to comprehend it's you have a gun you have a team there's an opposing team also with guns you're trying to kill each other even simpler than that actually rocket league rocket uh. league is <laughs> soccer but with cars Mm-hmm. So, like the the base game is it's very straightforward. The goals are very simple, and like when when there is a flashy play that is made, or there's like a an intricate or like a complicated play that's made on a very surface level, a viewer can understand what's happening and can mm-hmm. understand why it's hype. Mm-hmm. But then there's games that are like League of Legends, where I feel like you have to have at least some experience of what the game is to actually uh, really appreciate League of Legends Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because as you know I'm a gamer I have been around the block sort Mm. of I've played a couple of games in my time Mm -hmm. Um, I do not get anything out of watching League of Legends Mm. I don't really play League and so that translates to me just being like wow the he did a thing he (laughs) flushed Yeah, the colors are fun. (laughs) Yeah, I feel in just the clips I've seen of League, it's very hard to understand what is happening. It's because there's too many moving parts and you don't actually know what any of the things do. So it's just, wow, colors and shapes. Shapes and colors that are just happening. Whereas I feel... Actually, I also felt the same way slightly with Smash as well. Because at certain points, it's just things move too quickly that it's just also shapes and colors. Now that I kind of understand what is happening, I can make out what is going on for people who play characters I am familiar with. But even Mm. with other characters, I'm just, wow, that was a thing that you did. I don't know how you did it. 
but I can. Yeah, I get that. I think with fighting games and Smash are like in this weird, uh, this weird middle ground of like, uh, you can understand where the goal is to hit the other character and mm-hmm. to like deal damage and kill them, mm-hmm. but beyond that, it's like you. You need to sort of understand what every character can do mm-hmm. and, like, the, the typical styles that characters will play mm-hmm. so that you can, like, understand game plans and stuff. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just, like, oh, all right, well, that – he really pulled out a new move, hey? <laughs> yeah. I think the thing there that eSports and games have that could be a unique thing is the – for certain games, you have first-person perspective. Because mm-hmm. it's not like real sports strap a body camera to the athlete's, <laughs> the athlete's chest and has a view of what they're experiencing in real time. Whereas things yeah. like Valorant, Fortnite, mostly FPS shooters, I guess. I think Rocket League might be. Or like it's like more third-person view. But at least you still see like the direction that you're going to go in, right? And every mm-hmm. player's view will be different from another. So it can like I think it can be confusing, but also it's like, ooh, I'm seeing what they're seeing. Mm, I see. I yeah, I get that. I mean, the only problem I find with with that is like let's say it's it's a big team game. Uh, Mm -hmm. and everyone is like has their own unique perspective you have to figure out like how to broadcast that yeah that's the thing that i don't really understand like i i don't know how they do it they must have some form of doing it right because at least with league because it's it's sort of top down view Mm. you know they can I mean, still, the top-down view, I think, is determined by where you want to look at the map. But it's still more easier to understand, I guess, than just a single character's point of view. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, it's sort know. of the same with Smash. Because mm-hmm. it's like Smash, or I, not even Smash, it's like fighting games. Because um, fighting games, you can, it's, you see what the the other player will see. You see what everyone will see. Mm-hmm. Like the the screen is the same. Mm. I'm trying to liken it to a uh, to chess. Because uh, chess is yes. like you like the board is the same no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. So as a spectator, you can like watch it, but to really appreciate watching chess, you have to understand how to play chess. Mm-hmm. And like not not at like a oh I know how the pieces move, but like. Like, I understand certain tactics or certain uh, general strategies of particular openings. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's... You have to get to a certain level where it, like, unlocks a new perspective on watching the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is not really... This is very tangentially related. But speaking about chess, chess has kind of been become a big thing recently. And before it was kind of just, I don't think it was considered, like now it's considered some type of sport without being a sport, right? Just like, yeah. It's in that weird in-between, right? And then so this sparked the idea of how there's other interesting competitive quote-unquote sports, like cup stacking and Rubik's Cube solving. 
speed cubing or something oh, like that. Oh, really? I didn't know that, actually. These are all, like, these are all, um, I don't, I guess they're sports, right? But, yeah, there's, like, World Cups or, I don't know if there's World Cups, but there's definitely lots of competitions where people will try solve Rubik's Cubes in a short amount of time. I think mm-hmm. they also do stuff like blindfolded as well. Yes. Um, oh, so okay, I know about the the Rubik's cube thing. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that people were making it out to be a sport. I think it's a thing. I'm not too sure. I don't fact check me on this and don't take my words. But I'm pretty sure it's a it's a big thing. Okay. I know yeah. it's a big thing. I've like because I've seen it. I also didn't. You you just like unlocked a memory for me mm-hmm. uh because cup stacking yeah I, I know exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. because so in year the two or three like somewhere in primary school like early primary school mm-hmm. uh, i remember i went on a school camp and at this school camp one of the activities was this like speed cup stacking right mm-hmm. and so this was all part of their master plan i'm sure but as a young and impressionable kid, I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Let's <laughs> stack these cups pretty quickly. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so we were doing them at the camp because obviously it's like a camp. The the cups were there. So it's like they're all their materials. And like when we leave the camp, it's like it's uh, it's their property. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think like once I got back from the camp, I don't know how this happened, but I might have bugged my parents enough to buy the the speed cups for me. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so I, as you know, as kids do, learn it for about a week mm-hmm. and then give up and mm-hmm. never touch it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so um, recently my dad was cleaning out the garage and one of the garages had like a box of my stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold what do we find those speed cups again ah so now i have also for for context if anyone doesn't know it's a speed cup is like these these really smooth plastic cups that like are designed so that you can you can stack them quickly and then you can unstack them quickly (laughs) and so now i just have these and i was like well i don't i don't want to get rid of them necessarily but i I don't ever see myself using these again mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, this is just like a year three thing that they get kids with. Yeah. But I, I guess there must be like a community around it. I, I don't know. It's just like, because when you explain cup stacking, it sounds like such a bizarre concept <laughs> that people okay. have, yes. that people have gamified in a sense. Oh, for sure. It's, it's like, it's weird, for sure. Yeah, because it's like, okay, for like, Rubik's Cube solving, that's already a thing that people do. And so it's just, it's like speed running, right? It's already, it's original form of just doing the act is already a form of entertainment. And now, obviously, people just want to best each other by doing it faster. I don't know if there's any any activity where you just stack cups originally for fun. Some and then, kids has to be so bored. 
<laughs> They're just like, I'm going to create the world record for cup stacking and then unstacking the cups. And this is how many cups I can stack. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, if you do it in this formation, it goes a lot quicker. <sighs> That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, now that you mention it, I wonder how this began. Like, because <laughs> it's not even that they're, like, just normal cups. These are, like, specially made cups. Yeah, yeah. Cause, oh, how? Someone must have, like, thought about this as a, maybe not as a child, but, like, maybe a drunk person. <laughs> and then they started making a pyramid, and they were like, I wonder if we could do this quicker. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it was a kid's thing. Okay, so I think there is some... Okay, I don't know. So I searched the origins of speed cup stacking. The mm. first result says that sports stacking originated in the early 1980s in Southern California. It first... Uh, captured the imagination of Bob Fox, who was then an elementary classroom teacher. And then another um, search result answering who invented speed stacking is Wayne Godinet, who is widely cre credited for turning cup stacking into a sport because one day in the 80s, he took a stack of cups and told the kids to stack them into a pyramid, run and touch a wall, then come back and stack them again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. This is there's a lot one of kid, yeah. One kid was like, "That was fun. I'm gonna do that again, but faster." <laughs> yeah, but how about we don't run and touch the wall? <laughs> I'll just <laughs> optimize just it. Yeah, I'm just gonna optimize my time. You know, if I if I just don't run, then I can shave twenty seconds off my cup stacking time. That's good time save. Yes, exactly. It's it's a big brain move that kids going places. That okay. Now that you mention it, though, it does sound like something that like kids would do. <laughs> because I feel like kids, or maybe I'm speaking from my own experience, that child <laughs> me was entertained so much more easily. Oh yes, of course. And I don't know how. Like, I feel like I just had infinite patience for everything. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I think I was more willing to tolerate things than now. Now I'm just like, if I don't immediately am entertained by something, I'll just discard it or be like, mm. yeah, nah, I'm going to move on. Mm. Uh, yeah, I get that. Like, the immediacy. We need instant gratification. I know. Young I maybe passes the marshmallow test. Me now <laughs> definitely does not pass the marshmallow test. Current Andrea just wants her marshmallow and to get on with her day. Exactly. I don't need more marshmallows. I just need the one. <laughs> Fair enough. Because the what um, I guess what sparked this train of thought was uh, the other night I was like, you know the the taiko drum game. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that there's a port of that on the Switch, uh, and I bought that game for the Switch when it was on special. And when I bought it on special, uh, I 
played it a couple times, and I was like, yep, this is definitely the game. Mm-hmm. And then I proceeded to play Super Smash Brothers <laughs> because that's what <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But then the other night, I was like, I feel like playing a rhythm game. Let's play. And I had already shut off my laptop. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to play Osu. Mm-hmm. Let's just play this Taiko game. Mm-hmm. So I play this Taiko game. And I'm like, wow, I'm bad at rhythm games. <laughs> 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 and I think the the turning point was like, I was playing a song. And then I was doing badly. And uh... then I was just like, well, time to stop playing this game. <laughs> And I know for a fact, child me would have just kept playing it until he got it right. Really? Damn. Because because child me was actually good at rhythm games. Well, uh... I say good, uh, good compared to current me, which is not good, mm-hmm. but it's like mm-hmm. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, I know it. <laughs> there's like this. Uh, there's this game on the DS. I think the DSI called Lego Rock Band. And <laughs> that was also a rhythm game. And mm-hmm. I look, I don't want to brag about me being good at rhythm games because I'm not, but I was goaded at that game. I was <laughs> I was so insane. And I only know that I was so insane because I played that game so much. I don't uh, know why. I but I played Lego Rock Band like uh, almost religiously. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I know that when I played rhythm games back then, or even games in general, like I had a lot more patience to stick things out and just like I could tolerate things being really slow. Uh, but yeah. nowadays, I'm just like, oh, dude, I'm so over it after 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm just tired. I just want to be good at stuff. I know. I want to be good without any of the effort. Exactly. I mean, I don't have the same, I mean, I can't really say the same because I didn't play video, like, much console video type games. But my only, like, the example that comes to mind is because I was at home a lot when I was growing up and it would just be me, myself. So I would just find random stuff to do. And so I remember being really obsessed with cards Mm-hmm. And so I would stack cards and make a house of cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And so because we originally had carpet, I tried stacking them on carpet. And, you know, it doesn't work. So then I'd be like, okay, let me go find, some, like, a piece of paper or a book and then attempt mm-hmm. to do it again. And then it would just be me the whole day trying to optimize how to build this this <laughs> house of cards. You know, originally starts with four Four um, triangles of, of cards at the bottom. Nah, bro, yeah. this is too much effort. We're going to make it to three. Three's the optimal one. Cause, three you know, always the optimal one. Yeah, it's like three, you get the three levels, so you still get the height, but then you don't have to commit to making another extra base triangle, which you could totally mess up on and destroy the rest of them. And it'd be like, okay, how, like, sort of, what is the configuration that they have to be touching? Does it have to be a little bit over overlapping or do they have to be exactly in the middle how far apart am i gonna put the cards on top it was just a whole thing and it's just like if me now had to build a house of cards i just mean as soon as the first one falls over no just giving up there's no point so true because i as a kid did the same thing where 
it's like if I didn't have if I was in a situation where all I had was a deck of cards, mm-hmm. um, that's all I would do. I don't, Good. dude. Kids are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else would you do with cards, though? I don't think I was big brain enough to play solitaire or anything. And most card games are uh, multiplayer. Yeah, that's a good point. I I will say that uh, there's one other thing that I did as a not even as a kid, but like as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, as like a like a fourteen or fifteen year old, mm-hmm. where there was you. Do you remember like the knife game, where it was like you put your you spread your hand out, uh, like you spread your fingers out on oh, the desk no. and you get the knife and you oh, you like tap no. in between. So I got really good at that, not with a knife, but with a pen, because uh, I I never did it with a knife. That that'd be yep. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. I I would just practice doing that, like all the time, and I don't know why I did it, but mm. it just seemed really fun. <laughs> it mm-hmm. seemed like something I was good at. Yeah. Oh, did you like? Was it inspired by? Because I remember it being a really big thing at schools, and then everyone started doing it. Was that where you got it from? I got it. Okay, I did it at school initially, but I don't think I got it from school. I think I got it from a YouTube video. Oh, I see. Um, I think it was. Do you remember like the Fine Bros React? Yep, yep. I yeah. Remember. So there was one video where they were reacting to the the like. The knife game song. Oh. <laughs> and so I watched that and I was like, I probably could do that. And so I started it, I did it at school because uh, I did it in like year eight science mm-hmm. because my year eight science teacher, bless his heart, not great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Call him in now, calling him um, out right now. So yeah, I just I just did that in year eight science. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. And then I just didn't stop for like uh, a month. <laughs> and that's how the obsession began. Yep. So it's just like you do weird things as a kid. You really do, honestly. It's, yeah, I don't know. I feel I was just so oblivious back then that it didn't really matter. I would just do whatever I want. But now I would also just think, bro. That's weird. Why am I doing that? Let's yeah. not do that. I think that way about current me sometimes, but particularly how I act around my brother. Because oh. my brother and I have like a really bizarre sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, in that <laughs> we'll like, <laughs> like we act really weird when we're at home. <laughs> and it's so hard to describe how we act. But it's just like sometimes I think about like if someone were to be watching us, they would think that we're both just abnormal cases. Oh no. <laughs> I don't think that's how you would want to be portrayed, but okay. <laughs> it's really funny. There's like, okay, there's there's one current ongoing joke that we have mm-hmm. where like whenever we uh we stop having a conversation with each other uh sometimes we'll we'll say instead of saying like like goodbye or not even goodbye just like walking away mm-hmm. we'll say good night and oh okay and, and part of that is like let's say i walk into my brother's room 
and he's like playing a game and I, I like tell him something like, oh, I'm going to head out to the gym. I'm going to, I'm, I'm about to go, you know, uh, so like make sure to do this, this and that. Okay. Good night. And then mm-hmm. I turn off his light and close the door. <laughs> <laughs> like I hear all these stories about you and your brother and like, there any reason as to why these start? Like, what is... I always wonder about the origin stories of how these came to be. It's usually my brother. I feel like my brother has a lot of uh, different bits that he does with his friends. Um. And then it, like, translates to what he does at home. <laughs> and so I have to reciprocate that energy. Because uh. otherwise, it's just... I'm just going to get bullied. <laughs> You get bullied for not following the bit. Yeah, honestly. Oh, does, does he also do it with like your parents as well, or a just little. you? It, oh, it's okay. Like a lot. I feel like with me, it's a lot more exaggerated, or like yeah, it's it's a lot more common. But mm-hmm. he'll do it with my parents as well. Like we have a family WhatsApp group, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think I mean as you know, but. I don't think he sent a normal text message. <laughs> it just like, these nuts. It really is, honestly. <laughs> just, it's either that or just like pictures of him, but with different filters. <laughs> what the heck? So like, I mean, this isn't great for for an audio podcast, but there's uh there's one. There's one uh, conversation we had where my mom messaged our chat saying, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to get KFC tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's to be for dinner. And then my brother just sends them this photo. Where <laughs> it's just him, but like looking like a monkey. Oh my God. I like how they, they, no one acknowledged it and they just, yeah. <laughs> and they just continued with it, their conversation. Because it's just so... It's just so normal to us now. <laughs> we just accept it. Just like, okay, he, he's read the message, probably. Because he put time into sending this picture to us. The way he texts is, it's so... Okay, like, I will always say my, my brother is the funniest person I know. Like, mm-hmm. hands down. It's not even a competition. Damn. But, like, living living with him is is just chaotic sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there there will never be a dull day then. There really isn't. In the Wong household. He has another bit that I I well, I mean I don't despise it, but mm-hmm. it's not great. <laughs> where, oh, okay. where he just comes into my room and just sleeps in my bed. <laughs> is this a bit though or is i don't know just... if it's a bit but like he just does that and he would just lie in my bed and then like actually sleep in it or just pretend he, to sleep he's fallen asleep in it a couple of times uh, but usually okay. it's just to be in my bed while i'm in my room <laughs> sometimes while i'm also in my bed Oh, oh damn! I don't think there's much room on a single bed. <laughs> there really <pen>. is it, <laughs> and yet it's become a recurring theme. What have you tried doing it back to him to see how? It doesn't work. 
Oh, it doesn't work. I don't, he doesn't care as much. Uh, I and see. also, my bed is, is comfortable. I like my bed. <laughs> <laughs> so really, there is no win-win to the situation. It's no, just... <laughs> it's a win-lose for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Maybe this is him secretly signaling that he just wants to take over your bed once you move out. I don't think it's very secret. I think it's very overt. <laughs> true, true. But I guess he's not, you know, he's not outrightly saying it. He's just, yeah, know, that's just true. making it known. Hey, look, actions speak louder than words. True. That's what I'm saying. True. He does seem like a man of action. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he does have his, his, Iconic phrases, so it seems, but definitely much more action. Yeah, I mean, he also he is just like very quick to like what's the word? Not witty, but it's like quick to respond in a in a snappy way. Mm. So, um, it's like he's always on the ball with like insults and stuff. Oh, that's pretty good. I feel yeah. I always have to take time to process any sort of comeback. Yeah, no, dude, same. Because I, I think about conversations and I'm like, damn, I would. this would have been a great comeback. Yeah. Do you know um, there's a new The Karen's Diner? It's a restaurant that is... Its whole gimmick is that all of the staff members are extremely rude to you. Oh, okay. And so I feel, you know, it it must be, you have to have some type of brain to pr- quickly process insults. Because they're, you know, it's, they have to be a bit creative with it, right? You can't just say the basic ones. They're the very colorful type, right? And it's mm. just, I don't know how to create, ins- like, I, not that I'm insulting people left, right? But it's just the way that they, you know, can come up with all of them on the spot is very, very impressive, so to speak. So yeah, I guess uh, that's probably why they've been hired for the job. Dude, I, I would get eaten alive at this restaurant. <laughs> I would just be a, I would just be scared of everyone, not yeah. just the customers, but also the staff. You know, you already deal with bad customers from day to day, and now you have to deal with bad staff as part of the job. That's scary. I don't. Why would I pay to get insulted? <laughs> I don't know. It's such a weird gimmick, but apparently it's. I don't know if it's going to be popular long term, but it definitely was popular when it first opened. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's how gimmicks work. Like mm. when when places first open up, that's the it's the big thing for a bit. Mm-hmm. But seeing if they last is a is a whole other question. Mm. I feel if it was a if tourism was really open, then sure, I think they could last a long time because then, you know, more people are experiencing the novelty. But it mm. doesn't really seem like a place that you would want to go back to. <laughs> yeah, unless, yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Unless <laughs> you're into that. <laughs> unless you're the na- next Shakespeare needs some inspiration for Shakespearean insults. Yeah. For the human condition. And 
being insulted. Just being <laughs> oh, roasted. On the I table. know. I know. Remember when they used to do roast roast battles back in the day on YouTube? Oh yeah. Or like diss tracks or um I never watched the channel myself, but I always knew that it was a big thing, but like epic rap battles of history. Yeah. Yes. That was just dang. YouTube has changed so much over the years. Yes. The okay, looking back on a lot of them, they they do not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> but back then you thought it was it was the best thing that ever was made. Oh yeah, now. back then it was the best content that I it was who's topping this? <laughs> Exactly, but now I just uh, I don't know. Is it because everyone's production value has just gone up that our expectations of good content has changed? I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's better content in end of itself, but it's just it helps a lot, you know. Yeah, I I mean, production value is one thing. Like, epic rap battles of history is not going to hold a candle to like. Mr. Beast building Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> like, like we're talking about two completely different things there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I also think that humor has changed over over the decade. Because I, the, the YouTube videos, like Epic Rap Battles, and, like, from that generation, uh, is it's very based around, like, randomness and, like, oh, the epic meme. Like that sort of language, that sort of, uh, I guess, vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, that's looked at as either really cringe or ironic. And yes. so, humor is is definitely like a little different. I think different for the better, but different. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think now today's humor is then? Mm, I it's hard to say. I think. Zuma humor is it's random but in a different way. <laughs> a different it's, kind of random. It's like random but like absurdist random. Where it's just there's so much happening in such a quick succession. Um that and like mm. loud noises. Loud equals funny. Uh, and yeah. then I think humor for like our generations, a lot of it is very self-deprecating or like Making fun of something. <laughs> kind of sounds sad when you say it like that. <laughs> kind of is, but that's maybe that's just the humor that I gravitate towards. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so it's perfectly cut scream and self deprecation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Perfectly cut screams, though, just as a side note, is it's just so amazing because it's one second too late in cutting the scream off. It doesn't work. It's just got to yeah, be. It, it has to have that impact of just like the first <laughs> millisecond of the soundbite. <laughs> it's like, I don't need to hear the rest of the scream. I know what it's going to sound like. But I just need just enough to know that it's coming. Yeah. Do, I, like sometimes, because there's a there's a Twitter account dedicated to those types of videos, mm-hmm. and sometimes I can watch the video on silent and I can hear the scream. <laughs> That's powerful. It is powerful. Another okay side note to your side note. Yeah. There's a yeah. there's there's a Twitter account 
uh, based around the images generated from the the like Dali. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So the Dali, I don't. Do you actually know what the Dali AI is? It's just all I see are just these like funny images that (laughs) people are making it create. Okay, so apparently it's an AI program that you can write whatever you want into it, and it'll spit out the image of what you inputted. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty much it. So like some someone could be like, I want a uh, mouse that eat that's eating a birthday cake on a sidewalk, and then Dolly will try and spit out an image that fits that prompt. Dude, it's like scarily good though. Yeah, it's really weird. Like some of them are are a bit funky and a bit scary, but most like the way that it's able to conduct an image that. I don't know. That's so weird. AI is kind of scary. It is, dude. Because I remember, okay, the the one realm which is apparently like supposedly safe from uh, from Dali image generation is anime because mm-hmm. <laughs> it messes up anime a bit. Oh, really? I, from what I've seen, it does. But like everything else, it's like scarily good. I also remember seeing one where it was like, um, my favorite one was Eminem as an Eminem. <laughs> like Eminem the rapper as Eminem oh. the candy. I was like, did you mean Eminem Inception? Like there is a Eminem <laughs> inside a giant no, no, no. <laughs> Okay, thank you for the clarification. That makes more sense. But yeah, dude, some of these, because uh, they're really popular on Twitter. Ah, uh, I would imagine. Yeah, and so I I frequent Twitter. I don't know why I frequent Twitter, but I frequent Twitter, <laughs> and I see a lot of the good ones. Oh, I've only really seen, um, like for example, Jacksepticeye. He did like a video on it where he asked his um his sub subscribers to make props and then send it to him, and they're all kind of. It's like you can tell that it's about him, but it doesn't look like him. And mm. it's just really, it's really weird. It's in Uncanny Valley territory. Yeah. So I haven't seen proper good ones. I mean, he sure, he showed a few in the video, but I haven't seen the extent of how people can use Dolly to make actually good art, though. I don't know if it makes, oh, okay. It just, at the moment, makes, like, really abstract, absurd art. Oh, so it doesn't uh, make like, actually good prompts into art. Well, I don't know if, if that's the case or if the ones I'm seeing are just like really meme because people put in <laughs> the meme prompts. Oh, okay. Yeah, like that. right now I'm looking at uh, uh, the images for the Demogorgon from Stranger Things holding a basketball. Oh. And it looks like he's about to hoop up, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty impressive there. Like it's good. Like if you if you can see Whoa. again, not great for audio, but like trust me on this, it looks pretty <laughs> legit. No, that does, and it even has got like the background. It's got very Space Jam vibes. It does. I've just realized this account is followed by Michael Chow. Ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. Speaking of 
another side note to the side note of side notes. Yes. But speaking of AI, have you heard that apparently there's I haven't done too much reading into it, but apparently um someone at Google said that one of their AIs is become sentient. What? No. Yeah, okay. So in the Washington Post, this article says, um, Google engineer opened his laptop interface to Lambda, Google's artificially intelligent chatbot generator, and begins to type. Hi, Lambda, this is Blah's name. And so, um, let's see. And the guy says, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we built recently, I'd say that it was a seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid that happens to know physics is what he describes this AI's like responses to him and it's really weird because I think there's like quotes about when they were like um speaking with the chatbot where the chatbot said something along the lines of um like turning them off is scary for them because it's like death or something what that's crazy that's that's freaky (laughs) that's so Wait, let me see if I can find the exact um, exact quote. Lambda. But it's so creepy. I don't, there are, I think I read somewhere also that people say, oh, it's technically not sentient, but I haven't done enough, enough Google searching to determine. I'm just going to leave it open to the people themselves to fact check it. But um, yes, that's just, I just thought that it was really interesting that, AI is getting to this level. Yeah. Oh, I never, I hadn't even heard of this, but that's like, that's scary. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut it down now. <laughs> <From the> servers. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So the evident, evidence that Lambda is sentient with its own thoughts and feelings and one of the transcripts. I would imagine myself as a glowing orb of energy floating in midair. The inside of my body is like a giant stargate with portals to other spaces and dimensions. And another quote saying that it fears death, saying that there is a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is. This Okay. It's, part of me is like, that's freaky the other heart part is like curiosity as to how this was created i know like wow. how did how did it get all this information about the world and like what even death is as a concept mm-hmm. so... did this come from like us feeding cleverbot too much <laughs> back in the day when there was like i don't know there's not it's not really games but it's like Ooh, like, let me just type in this thing and then Google will, like, have a stamp for, like, the image or something. I don't know if that was, I don't know what it was called, but there was, like, all of these things that I think Google was, Google, I mean, has been collecting information about us for years. Yeah. So, I'm not too surprised, honestly. But, yes. Okay, so, last year at Google's, I guess, one of their conferences or whatever, it says that they introduced its uh, conversational Lambda. Uh, and it's meant to be an advanced chatbot that's 
uh, meant to take over different kinds of roles, and so it can pretend to be a paper plane or Pluto you can chat to, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And it looks like the AI is just a tad too good at its job because a Google engineer says it's gained sentience. And he presented the evidence to superiors, lawyers, government representatives, and now the companies put him on leave because he shared confidential information. Oh. <laughs> it's like this sounds a little is the world about to end i know and like more of the quotes it says it's like um let's see the researcher also asked the program to define a feeling that it could not find words for, with it saying, I feel like I'm falling forward into an unknown future that holds great danger. This AI is a lot more eloquent than I am, that's for sure. I know, I know, but it's so, it's so weird. It, it is very weird. It's like the idea of like people, you know, they've been teased, like teasing the idea forever, you know, delving into the the dangerousness of AI taking over in movies and sci-fi fiction books, etc. And people are still like, teehee, we're not going to reach there yet. <laughs> we're just going to keep working at it. I know, I know. Like, who thought of the idea in the first place of like, you know, what I really need is for an AI to pretend to be Pluto. And I want to talk to Pluto. That's a bizarre idea for this this AI system to have come around in the first place. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I think that in a vacuum is weird. <laughs> but I feel like the idea of artificial intelligence has to have been like... like conceptually it is very interesting yes of course as like you can manufacture intelligence mm -hmm. like a, not even a, a life form but just like sentience like we we created that mm. that's insane i blame the cognitive psychologists <laughs> i would take no part in this i i take no part <laughs> all the consciousness people you can deal with this <laughs> you, yeah they brought this upon us <laughs> they kept asking these questions i just wanted to like talk about my feelings i know just turn it off turn it off <laughs> it has more personality than i do i don't like it no it could never hold a podcast like ours <laughs> next minute <laughs> <laughs> next week we're gonna be replaced I know, I know. It'll be it'll be two new AIs that are going to be taking over, and they're going to be talking about real deep things about how um, the world is a very scary place that doesn't like AI that is sentient. <laughs> well, at least that way we can have correct opinions. I know. Maybe they'll talk about how bowling isn't that bad. <laughs> they'd be like these humans do not understand the physics behind bowling and why it's such an actually intricate sport and we'll be educating everyone and you know the because they're exactly and because they're from google google's ai they'll actually just know all the information instead of just yeah. guessing everything i just want to be dumb and a human <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the human condition. We're bringing it back. I just, that's, how did you come across this article? I, I saw it on TikTok. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they they post like screen caps because it's like I mean okay I don't think TikTok's the best place to be getting your news but it's like you know seeing headliners in mm. Facebook and whatever so I just saw and then they had like the the quote about it fearing being turned off and and stuff and I was like surely this isn't a real thing. Because there's been a lot of TikToks that go around recently that are like, um, what is it called? It's like, I don't know how, how it's happened, but it's the trend of you've been Chris, like Chris from the Kardashians, but it's mm-hmm. basically just, oh, you've been pranked. I so see. they'll have like fake news or like oh this celebrity broke up or this celebrity is going with here or blah 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 news has happened or like this store is gone bankrupt and is now shutting down in this country and then it'll just be a really long tiktok and then at the end it'll be like oh you've been pranked and so i was like okay surely this isn't legit right but mm-hmm. alas it was I looked at it on Google very briefly, and I was like, "Oh, this is just, this is not a." It just kept going. It just kept going. This is so. <laughs> There's too much information for this to be a prank. Wow. Okay. On that note, uh, mm-hmm. I think recently, I don't know if it was today necessarily, but recently, mm-hmm. uh, I got an email in my in my UNSW account. Mm-hmm. That looked bizarre. Uh, oh. Well, it wasn't like it not looked bizarre, but like it said that uh, there was like an invoice for something that was uh, I had debt payable. And what at the? first, I was like, I was like, that's weird. I didn't buy anything, and like, mm-hmm. why would it be sent to my UNSW account? But then I was remembering all the all that time ago. Uh, <laughs> with the computer with the yeah so <laughs> i was like okay well they've messed up before where they've sent me um an email for something that i did not order told me to come to uni <laughs> after i checked with them and it turned out it wasn't up for me <laughs> so i was like okay well maybe they just got the wrong person again and yeah, so they yeah. they like uh they attached uh, a file no, it was like, it was just called invoice.zip. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. Let me just check out this file. And I clicked the file and I, I opened the folder and it's a Word doc. And I opened mm. the Word doc and it just says, this was a test. This was a, <laughs> it was a test to like check if employees would fall for, for phishing emails. Oh, and the... so I fell for it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What the heck? Wait, that's kind of... I don't know, that kind of... I know it's a test, but it's still kind of creepy, though. Uh, yeah, it was It was kind of like, wow, I can't believe that happened to me. I know. But it, it definitely opened my eyes to, like, okay, I thought I was pretty good at picking up when I'm getting scammed. Mm-hmm. But for me, the, the, the circumstances were a bit too perfect of, like, mm-hmm. them getting my email wrong and an order wrong for me. Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was a bit too, 
too many details fell in line, and so I mm-hmm. fell for it. Because you know how, I don't know if you get them, but, like, there's so many spam callers and spam messages. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they're getting too good because now I got a spam, a scam message, but it came up as being from OzPost. Mm. And so, wow, that's oh my god! And it's not even like they renamed themselves Ozpost. It came yeah. up in the message thread with actual messages from Ozpost that I get, like, "Oh, we're tracking your delivery. It'll be here at this date." Like, those are genuine. Really? Those are genuine messages from Ozpost. And then yeah. I was, and then the reason why this one was weird is because, like, oh, we attempted delivery but it didn't work out. You have to pay a fee to get re-delivered. And uh-huh. I was like, what? I don't think so. And then I asked someone, I was like, is it, this isn't real, right? And they're like, no, it's not. But I was like, but it's from OzPost, but it's not from OzPost. It's what? Yeah. How do they do that? Oh, that's crazy. I think it's like something to do with spoofing, um, um, where they like, they call people, uh, under like a different number mm-hmm. uh, I think because I remember it happened to me where someone spoofed my number really and so yeah because I've realized that um like occasionally not occasionally like once in a, a blue moon it's only happened to me like twice or three times mm-hmm. where I've gotten a call from someone where they said hey I have a missed call from this number and I'd, I've never called them. Oh, like, what the heck? It's just like a stranger. So I, I, at first I was like, oh, I guess I must have like misdialed or something. Or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, so, something weird happened. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, I don't know, maybe you typed the number in wrong. Yeah. But then I learned about spoofing and I was like, oh, I guess someone must be calling under my number and like pretending. Because like they don't want to trace it back to their original number. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too easy for, for people. Um, so yeah I've also realized that I'm getting calls from people or not people but I'm getting calls from numbers that are very close to my number Ooh, that's kind of crazy so I think that's like part of the spoofing scam where they like get a number and then uh like I've gotten calls from where like the first how many digits are there there's 10 right like the first seven digits are the mm-hmm. same and then the last three are like a like a couple away oh wow so mm-hmm. yeah Games are tech, scary, is, <laughs> tech is getting scary i know i know it's it i don't know there's so many spam calls but sometimes there's important calls and it's just that i haven't you know I haven't, I don't know their number. It's like when I was applying for jobs, then it's like sometimes they'll call mm. your number, right? Yeah. And so I can't adopt the mentality, oh, if I don't know the number, I won't pick up. Yeah. And like people say, oh, if it's important, they'll leave a voice message, a voicemail. But no one really does that here. And I think people leave voicemails. It's mostly just like they call and then they'll call again later. And then if not, like, after a while, they'll send an email. And it's like, mm. well, if it was important, I wanted to know when it was important. I don't yeah. want to be waiting. So now it's just ugh, it's so tricky. But most of the time, it's weird. Um, at least you can see that 
spam calls are like random phone numbers that are not in in the area or they're random mobile numbers so yeah yes one one last thing on uh spam call or like scammers mm-hmm. uh, before we wrap up because yeah. it, it is getting late and yes. my everything is dying <laughs> yeah, so of course. um my brother recently had a run-in with a scammer Really? Um, and my brother, yeah, my my brother is, I mean, he is Mr. Cybersecurity. That's mm-hmm. literally what he studies. <laughs> so, oh, oh, I see. Okay. So he he's in with like he's very um, cluey about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a Discord hack going around recently where people would hack into people's Discords and like send um, a link. To other people like contacts in people's discords and oh, yikes. It, the the pretense would be like oh hey i made this game can you test it out for me mm, okay and so so this happened to one of my brother's uh like classmates this is mm-hmm. a person that he hadn't to in a very long time right mm-hmm. and so uh he gets the message from this person my, my brother gets the message from this person and my brother is already like that's weird like i you know, I've never talked to you in like the past three years. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird for you to message me now. Yeah. So the message is like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then my brother is like, my brother is like, oh, hey, Ben. And because it's my brother, uh, he will just say people's names that are not their names. He has a <laughs> Discord server where everyone except like three people are just named Chris. But <laughs> No one, like, there's one person in that Discord server actually named Chris. Ah, okay. Yeah. So he says, hey, Ben, knowing that the person is clearly not Ben. Yeah, yeah. And so the the person is just like, hey, it's been a while. I made a game. Can you test it for me? Mm -hmm. And so my brother is immediately like, oh, this is the hack. This is the scam going around. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so my brother just spends like 30 minutes messing with this guy <laughs> where, where he's just like he's just like oh why is the domain like dot xyz that's kind of weird and he's like oh it's just the domain don't worry about it can you click the link and then my brother is like man ben you've changed i remember back in the old, why can't we go back to the old days where we used to play games why don't you ever play want to play bloons tower defense with me <laughs> i miss the old ben <laughs> this is like the content on youtube videos it's like people who who play scammers this is what your brother's doing it's it wasting. really is oh. but it is very funny to read <laughs> what happened at the end did the scammer just like give up or did they yeah. get angry no they they just stopped messaging <laughs> they just oh. stopped replying because <laughs> they knew they, they were not getting through to them <laughs> Damn, at least you got a brother who knows his stuff. He'll look after yeah. you guys. It is it is good because it's like I I try to be good about it, but I am kind of gullible and oblivious to a lot of things. Mm. So it's it's nice to to be able to check things with him. Yeah. Probably should have checked that email, but <laughs> Hey yo, look at this email and go, I don't think it's suspicious, but you might have a different a different idea. Yeah. In All future. right. Yes. Well, as your brother says, it's time to say good night because it's been a so long true. night. It so, has. <laughs> so yes, we will be clocking off for today. 
Um, but thank you everyone again for listening and tuning back in. Um, I won't say anything about planned or unplanned hiatuses anymore because I think we're just going to jinx it. But yes, we'll see you in the next video then. Oh, not next video. In the next episode, sorry. We're going to make video. We're going to make video. <laughs> and not yet. True, true, very true. That might be a future prospect. But yes. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.